Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Well, hi there. It's nice of you to uh, join me. Come on in. Take, take a seat. Let's, uh, let's uh, have a little chat, shall we? Um, it's funny. I, I don't think I've talked about this before, or maybe I have. If I have you're gonna hear the story again so sorry but not not actually sorry i'm just gonna tell it um so i have this thing shall we say where um when i'm focusing on something when i'm working i'm concentrating and, and whatnot i just burst into song um it's it's a very common thing. A lot of, a lot of people do it. I'm not being, being like, oh, I'm so random, um, because I'm I'm not. A lot of people do do that, and um, I'd like to say that it helps me think, but uh, nah, it, pro it probably doesn't. Um, but uh, it's funny when Ian and I will be working working together. We'll be scripting or doing something that requires some kind of con concentration. We'll just be sitting there quietly for a couple of minutes. And all, and all of a sudden, I'll just be like, Baby, I compare you to a kiss from a rose. And um, he's just like, Ian kind of can't stand it. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's, he's very, very gracious. And he's very, very kind kind about it. But there, there are times when he's just like, Jack, please, I have to get this done. Please, please stop singing. And um, I get it, because, like, uh, he's just got the kind of mind where uh, he, he just can't deal with too too many distractions. Uh, he's, he's the kind of person that if he's trying to have a conversation with somebody in a really loud room and there's mu music playing, his, his brain just kind of explodes and uh, he can't deal, deal with it. So, uh, yeah, there will be times when... Uh, I'll just be like, uh, maybe I should like mute myself in case I just burst in, into song because half the time I'm not even conscious of it. I just do it. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Um, but in saying that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gender non-conforming persons, welcome to this very special edition of Podcast of the Nerds. Uh, special? Is it special? I don't know. Um, let's just say it's a rather uh, different edition of the podcast. Uh, as you can see, or for those of you listening to the audio version, uh, as you can hear, it's just me here t today. Ian is off uh, gallivanting around the, the countryside. He's uh, hitting some, some frat parties and smoking joints and playing beer pong and um, no, he's, he's not actually doing any of that. Or he could be, I don't know. I don't keep, keep tabs on, on the guy, but he's probably not doing that. Um, but yeah, it's just you and I for today. Um, but in saying that, yes, today, this is my show. I can do whatever the hell I want. And there isn't anything Ian can do about it. And Ian, if you're watching this, just remember you got yourself into this mess it's too late now. If you say, Jack, I'm going away and you can do a podcast by, by yourself and you, you can do whatever the hell you want, you better believe I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Um, but yeah, um, this is my first solo pop podcast. So uh, this could be 
a train wreck. It could be a jump cut laden mess. Um, but uh, hey, maybe jump jump cuts and train wrecks are your thing. Who am I to uh, judge? I watched The Room, The Room starring Tommy Wiseau, and I love every second of it. Um, but yeah, if it is uh, your thing, why don't you climb aboard the choo-choo train and let's go down like a blaze of glory together. So yeah, uh, pull up a stump or a stool or beanbag and get cozy and uh, let's just let's just see what uh, hap happens here. But uh, yeah, as I said, uh, Ian is, isn't here and uh, my God, it's... It's weird, um, not just doing a podcast without him, but it's just weird in general, really. Um, he and I talk pretty much every day, uh, whether it's, you know, working on the uh, channel together or playing video games or watching something. I'm pretty much used to having uh, pretty much daily contact with him. And so it's just weird being without him. Um, I kind of don't know what to do with myself Uh some some of the uh, time, and uh, I was meant to uh, get this po podcast done uh, much sooner, uh, but uh, scripting and just figuring it, it all out took took a lot longer. And also, I've had a bit of a kind of a minor family emergency, sort of. Um, my sister's a little un unwell; she had uh, sur surgery just this this afternoon. She's she's totally okay. She's um, awake now, and she's. Uh, recovering i believe right right now she's uh doped up on painkillers and she's uh getting some uh sleep um yeah it's nothing su super serious she has uh gall gallstones which can be quite uh pain painful but to add uh an extra spanner into those uh works she is also pregnant and uh the thing with pregnant women is they don't typically like to uh operate on a pregnant woman um it's just kind of ri a risky thing to uh do and it is only really done if it's absolutely necessary but this was getting kind of ne necessary she has been having these random pain um gall gallbladder pains since the beginning of the uh year and in the, the last few few weeks it's just really um escalated she's had like five or six uh visits to the er and um yeah, spent a couple of nights in a hospital here and there. And so the uh, doc doctors were just like, you know, look, at, at this point, uh, the benefits outweigh the uh, risks. We can't let you go another 20 odd weeks or ho however long it is um, with this pain. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And yeah, pregnancy can just sort of um, make um, a gallbladder or a impacted gall, uh, gallstone riddled, riddled gall, gallbladder, just a hell of a lot worse. So, uh, yeah, so I've been a little, uh, just distracted, just talking to her and keeping, keeping her com company as best I can from a million miles away. She lives, um, probably a good, uh, 900 or so kilometers from, from me. So yeah, I've just been t talking to her a lot on, uh, Facebook. But yeah, um, let's get started, shall we? Let's uh, get into it. Um, in Ian's absence, as I mentioned, I've been kind of a little, a little lost, shall we say? But uh, 
What I have been uh, doing, or one of the things I've been doing, is I've been watching The Boys on Amazon Prime uh, Video. And for those of you unfamiliar, The Boys is uh, based on a comic book of the same name, published between 2006 and 2012. Published by, uh, published first by Wildstorm and then later by Dynamite Entertainment. Um, I haven't read the uh, comics myself, but the, unis the universe of the show pretty much exists um, as our world does now. Um, but it's it's the universe in which uh, superheroes e exist. Um, it's very reminiscent of uh, the MCU and the DCEU. Um, but it's like the MCU and DCEU if most of the superheroes were absolute scumbags. Um, and I'm not talking about just being a bit of a, an egotist like uh, Tony Stark. I mean, absolutely some of the worst people imaginable. Um, and I, I really love it. Um, I, I watched uh, se season one uh, probably a year ago now or a while ago. And um, I've been anxiously waiting for season two and it's just come out. But I'm used to binging everything and um, Amazon has decided to release one episode a week and it's kind of driving me crazy. But um, I guess in the internet age, we're a little uh, spoiled in, in, in that regard. But yeah, um, I love it. Um, but, but it's certainly not for uh, everyone. It's very dark and it's very gory. I'd kind of describe it as the MCU if it was created by uh, Quentin Tarantino. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much. Um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. I think we've been trying to keep keep things uh, re relatively uh, spoil spoiler-free uh, on the po podcast. But um, it's got a very solid cast, uh, most of which I haven't really seen. I think... Uh, the, the only actor on, on the show I've seen before is uh, Karen Fukuhara, um, who some might re recognize as uh, Katana from the Suicide Squad uh, films. Um, but uh, yeah, first we have uh, New Zealand actor Carl Urban as Billy the Butcher, who's this like badass Englishman kind of dude. Um, he kind of reminds me of like a character from like a, a Guy Ritchie uh, gangster film or something along those uh, lines. And he's also got some uh, Tyler, Tyler Durden vibes uh, go, going as well, um, which those those of you who have uh, been around for a little while may know that uh, Fight Club is absolutely one of my favorite films of all time. If I had to pick a favorite film, like if somebody had a gun to my head and made me pick one, it would be Fight, Fight Club. Um, but but yeah, uh, bit, 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 bleh, sorry, Billy the Butcher. He's um, one of my fa favorite cat characters. He's um, kind of he, he's. I don't know if there really is a, a, a main character. I think there's kind of um, a couple of main main characters. But I mean, if there there was one, it's it's not necessarily Billy. But we'll get to to, to that. Um, but uh, we've also got a, another New, New Zealand actor by the name of Anthony Starr, um, Southern Hemisphere represent. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything else before. Uh, I've been told he was on a show called Banshee. Um, that's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I haven't seen it my, myself, but I hear it is good. 
But uh, yeah, a- Anthony Starr, he plays uh, one one of the superheroes, Ho- Homelander, but he's very much uh, the 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 antagonist. Would say he's the uh, he's the he's the villain, and um, Homelander is kind of. He's basically he's basically Superman. He's got all, all the powers of Superman, uh, but he kind of dresses like uh, Cap- Captain America. Oh, I guess I'm kind of getting spoilery here, kind of. I'm, I don't know. I'm gonna try and keep the, the the spoilers to a minimum. But if you're worried about that, perhaps skip ahead. Um, I'll when, when I upload this, I'll add some time time codes and whatnot. Um, but I I. Do kind of wish we we were talking talking spoilers, because uh, An- Anthony Starr he's just he's incredible. He gives such a an intense and unsettling and oddly captivating performance. Um, there's this there's this uh, one scene at the end of uh, episode four of se- season two, I believe it is, and I really wish I could talk about this in deep de- detail. If you've seen the the show. Uh, I think you know what I'm talk- talking about. It, it, it's a very odd, creepy, and gross, and it's a very like Freudian kind of scene, and it just it just blew me away and floored me. I just holy shit, wow. But yeah, um, and we've also got uh, Jack Quaid as uh, Huey, and if the show did have one main character, it would be Huey. Um, the the show kind of starts with with uh, Huey. Um, yeah, it, it it kicks off with uh, Huey and and Huey's uh, story, shall, shall we say? But uh, yeah, he's he's uh, basically a young guy who goes through a series of unfortunate events and has found himself in quite a predicament that just sinks further and further that that he he just sinks further and further in into. But um, he's a good guy. He's he, he's a young guy. He's ba- basically a kid, but but he's a good kid. And I would say he's kind of the moral center of uh, the show, I guess. Uh, and we've also got Aaron Moriarty as Annie, aka Starlight, um, another su- superhero. Um, but she's one one of the good good guys. Um, I would say she's kind of uh, the secondary uh, moral center of of the show, if you will. Um, I haven't seen Erin Moriarty in anything else, but she's, she's really good. She's, she's got this like pureness about, about her, this, um, kind of a, a, a sweetness, like a, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking, looking for? She's just very, um, she's, 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 she's a good lady. She's a good, she's a good chick, you know? Um, and, and I think, uh, Aaron really brings that to the role. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's just great. Um, but honestly, I could go on and on and list the, the, the entire cast because they're all really, really great. Even, uh, like, you know, the secondary characters, uh, there's, there's a woman, I believe her character's name is, is Ashley. Uh, the actor's name is, is escaping me right, right now. She's a, she's a, she's a secondary character, but again, she's just, she's just fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I can go on and on on this, the, the, the entire cast, but we'll, we'll hear all freaking nine, nine if I do that, um. But yeah, obviously I I do I highly re- recommend it, but I also can see that it's probably not everybody's cup cup of tea. It's 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 violent. It's 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 crass. It's gory. Um, 
but I just love it. <laughs> um, so in other news, though, shall we say, uh, a friend of the, the show, John Bovino, tweeted me the, the other day and asked me to talk about some of the fun stuff that, that I'm into. Um, I think he specifically mentioned D&D and uh, Warhammer. Um, I don't play Warhammer myself, but I do play Dungeons and, and Dragons. Um, although I'm very new uh, to, to it, I've um, I've been wanting to to play D and D for literally years, but I haven't been able to find a group or uh, a, a table to play at. But one night, I was talking to a mutual friend of mine and Ian's Jess, uh, who some might remember from the Bad Decisions li live streams when uh, we used to do uh, those. I I hope we get back to those at uh, some some point. But uh, obviously, life is very very different right right now. So we'll see what ha happens there. Um, but yeah, I was ha hanging out with uh, Jess one night in a video call, and um, I mentioned to her that I really wanted to play D D and D. And she mentioned that um, I might be able to join one of her her groups online via uh, Roll Roll Twenty, and Roll 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 Twenty is kind of like a it's it, it's a website that provides basically like an an interface of sorts to um, play uh, D and D. You can you can do all like your dice rolls and everything through it. It's really really good. I I, I think it's amazing. It's a little glitchy and sometimes uh yeah no people's um camera feeds won't show up and all that stuff but for, for the most part it's really 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 good um and so yeah um long story short i joined and we've been playing one once a week for a good couple of months now i'm i can't remember exactly how long i was thinking about it early it feels like forever now um but i'd say probably five or six months it's been it's been a long while but yeah um we're, we're playing a game called Vam Vampire the Dark Ages. And if I'm not mistaken, it serves as like a bit of a prequel to uh, v Vampire the Masquerade, which I'm sure a lot of people have uh, heard of because that's a D&D &D game. And there's also a video game or a series of video games. And I think there might be a book, but don't quote, quote me there. Um, but yeah, the game starts in the Dark Ages around 1200 AD, I think. Um, and if you and your party survive long enough, it, it ends somewhere around the late nineties or really two thousands. Uh, right now, I think we're in the late 1400s, which I think historically is towards the end of the dark ages, but don't quote, quote me there. Um, I could be uh, wrong. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a prequel to vampire, the masquerade. So obviously we're all playing, um, vampire ca characters and, uh, my, my my character, his name is uh, Jacques Delouis. Um, and he's pretty much a straight up copy and paste of Louis from Interview with, with the Vampire. Um, that's not very creative, I know. But when Jess said we'd be playing a, a vampire game, I immediately knew I wanted to be Louis from Interview with, with the Vampire. So that's exactly what I did. But um, he's, he's kind of, I mean, he's Louis from Interview with the Vam, Vampire, but he's also, he's, he's basically an amalgamation of like an, an idealized version of myself mixed with uh, Louis from, from Interview with the Vamp, Vampire, which I've been uh, told a lot of new uh, players, because this is my fir first game, but a lot of people in the group uh, have, have told me that... Uh, generally new uh players they 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 typically will like create a character that that's kind of a, a, an idealized 
version of themselves. So I'm okay with that. But yeah, Jacques, he's um, kind of a good guy. And um, ev everybody else except for one other person are playing kind of traditional, evil, he hedonistic kind of uh, vamp vampires. But um, yeah, um, from what I can tell in my limited experience, I think the game functions pretty differently to um, typical or traditional D&D campaigns or uh, games. Um the characters don't have the, the typical um, alignment system, you know, um, uh, lawful good, chaotic good, um, true, true new, true and all of that stuff. Um, instead, players have to pick a road for their char character, which kind of loosely helps you figure out who your uh, character is and what they stand for, I guess. Um, and you're also a part of a clan, um, and there's quite a few different clans. And I mean... I think clans are important, but at least in our game, clan has, hasn't been super important just, just yet. But they, the game is constantly overwhelming, so maybe that, that will come into play at some some point. But yeah, Jacques, my character Jacques, he is he's a part of Clan Ventrue. And the Ventrue are a clan of wealth. Um, they're a clan of re resources. Um, and they have uh, quite a lot of political and social power. Um, and they consider themselves to be leaders in vampire society. Um, they almost consider the, themselves to be nobility. Whether or not that's true is de debatable. Yeah, but yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, they're, they're just kind of like, they're kind of like, almost like the mafia of uh, vampires in a way. Um, kind of, that's... I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's uh, fans of, of, of the game. If you're watching right, right now, you're probably screaming at how, how wrong I am there. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, Jacques, Jacques, Jack, of course, I know. Um, but uh, just like Louis from in Interview with, with the Vampire, he considers uh, va vampirism or the embrace, as it's called in, in the game, to be a curse. It's something that he uh, hates. And again, just like Louis from Interview with the Vamp Vampire, he feels her as though um, vamp vampirism has damned him and has you know, ruined all uh, chances of him living a good, good life and going to uh, heaven and all, all of those uh, things. But yeah, um, so like I said, um, instead of alignments, the game has roads. Um, and I chose the road of humanity for uh, Jacques. And it's pretty much what it sounds like. Um, the road of humanity is all about sort of um, shunning your your vampire nature and or what the, the game refers to as the beast. Um, but there's many di different roads and a lot of them are about em embracing your vampire nature and all of that stuff. And so to make sure players act according to their roads, you have a set of rules. Um, I believe they're called road, road sins or path sins or something like that. Um, and the sins and rules or whatever you want to call them on the road of humanity are centered around just being a good a, a good person, um, not inflicting harm upon innocence and um, being selfless rather than sel selfish and just being a good person, trying, trying, trying to help and do and do good in the world. Um, and you've also got uh, willpower points associated with your um, with, with your road. Um, and basically, if you do things that go against your uh, road 
or you sin against your uh, road, you lose uh, will willpower points. And then if your willpower points get too low, the beast takes over. Uh, the literal demon inside of you takes control. Um, mechanically, the player loses uh, the ability to control their uh, character. And the character goes on a murderous rampage until another player or an NPC kill, kill, kills them. It's just... It's game, game over, essentially. They just become a, a monster, an unstoppable killing machine of sorts. Um, but yeah, um, so far it's been a very uh, roleplay-heavy he game, as opposed to combat-heavy, which I really like. Um, I'm really in, in enjoying that that aspect of it. Um, you know, you know in, in, in interacting with the, the world and in, influencing things and just seeing what 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 cool stuff we, we can make happen you know um and the group i play with are all super fun pe people and we're all really in into it and our dm nate oh that man is freaking amazing i love him so 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 much nate is just a really sweet warm guy in in general but as a dm he's just he's just ruined me for other dms because he's just he's just so good at what he uh does um he's man you know he he gets into the characters he likes to put on voices and accents and like he puts so much effort into like bringing the the world to life and like leading um a character characters into certain things like um and he's very um collaborative collaborative as well um yeah so he's also more into like building the world and your character with you as opposed to kind of being draconian about it and making sure everyone plays the game he he wants them to uh play and i really love love and appreciate that so for example as I said, Jacques is a good guy amongst uh, the vampires, and he wants to reclaim his humanity. He doesn't. He, he doesn't want to let the uh, beast can, can control him and uh, run his uh, life. And but um, within the fictional world of, of the game, there are rumors of something called Galconda. Um, some consider it to be a fanciful rumors for naive vampires. Um, and some say they have witnessed va vampires achieve Galconda. And what it basically is, and I mean, I don't know a huge deal about it yet, but it's a way for va vampires to re reclaim their humanity. It's almost like, um... It's like um, reaching the state of no nirvana for vam vam vampires, like the, the highest state of en enlightenment. So it's a way for vam vampires to reclaim their humanity and in some cases actually become hu human again. Or so Jacques has heard, we, we no no. Um, but yeah, um, if I'm not mistaken, it is either achieved through sac sacrifice, so sacrificing one's life for, for another, or I believe the other way is finding your, your true love, which sounds kind of adorable and kind of cute. I like that. Um, so yeah, Nate, our uh, DM, he is aware of where I'd like to go with uh, Jacques. And so last session, he introduced Jacques to... An NPC who was rather impressed with uh, Jacques' uh, achievement in maintaining his sense of uh, humanity. 
And uh, this character hinted that he might have something to, to share with Jacques in that regard and that they would meet again at some point. Um, and I'm really excited. It's going to be so cool. Um, but now that's, that's not to say that Jacques will definitely achieve Gal, Gal Conda. Um, it all depends on my, my choices, uh, dice rolls and whether, whether or not the, uh, party, um, manages to, um, excuse me, uh, whether or not the, uh, party manages to survive long enough and, you know, just all of those things, um. It, it, it could go either way, um, but I love that Nate has, has kind of give, given me the opportunity to take the uh, character in a direction that I would like to uh, take him, you know, work with me as opposed to telling me who and what I should should, should be. But, um, yeah, excuse me, sorry, just going to uh, take a little drink drink of water here. I'm, I'm not used to talking so, so much on the uh, podcast, so I'm getting a little dry. Uh, again, Hy- Hydro Flask, not a sponsor, but they should should be. These are amazing, expensive but amazing. It um, it keeps things cold for up to twelve hours or something like that. I don't know. It's really good. Sorry, but yeah, um, it's funny because oh, obviously I know Jacques is isn't real. He's he he's a character. I've uh, created, but I've kind of become attached to the guy, you know? Um, I spent so much time in his world and in his uh, head and figuring out who he is and what he stands for and all of those things. And now I really just want the the best for my dude, you know? Um, he's been through a lot. He, I mean, I gave him the same back- backstory as uh, Louis from Interview with the Vampire, pretty much, but I made it a lot more grim. Um, and yeah, I just want the, the best for him. Um, and I'm going to be genuinely sad if he doesn't make it. Um, if, if he has some kind of sad and tragic kind of demise, um, ideally I'd love for his story to end with him reclaiming his humanity, possibly becoming human again. Um, after all the trials and tribulations, I'm sure he, he will have to, um, in, in Jewel to get there, I feel like he, he kind of deserves it, man. Jacques is a good guy and he's worked hard and he's, he, he's a uh, just and fair and, um, yeah, yeah, you know, he does good, good things. Like, um, for, for example, um, there was, there was, uh, during one of our games, there was a plague spreading around the city. I believe we were in Budapest at the uh, time and Prince Wenzel of Budapest, uh, ordered us to track down the source of this plague that was affecting vampires and everybody else. And, uh, long story short, uh, we found this newly made, um, vampire a woman um and she she was only like in her vampire life she was weeks old i think she was she was only a couple weeks old um and she had no sire um her sire just basically made made her a vampire and just bailed and that is um that's a big no-no um in that world your sire is supposed to sort of teach you and show you the ropes and sort of be basically a parent to, to you, I guess. Um, and so, um, 
we got this woman and we bo- we brought her back to uh, Prince Vansel. And unfortunately, because of her circumstances, because she had no sire, according to va- vampire law, she had to be uh, put to uh, death. And I and Jacques, we both didn't like this. And I had a pretty... Um, shall we say, tense back, back and forth with uh, the other party members. Um, and they all, like, I, I I was pushing back saying, well, no, can't we just send her into exile? Can't we do something? Like, do we have to kill kill her? And everybody was basically like, dude, the order has come from the uh, prince. There is no way out of this. So um, I begrudgingly, uh, the way the scene played out, uh, she she was executed, but as uh, as the uh, sheriff of uh, Budapest, uh, one of the other players, uh, de- decapitated this poor poor girl. Jacques t- turned away because he he doesn't like uh, to see violence inflicted upon innocent pe- pe- people. Now, um, according to my road, uh, the road of hu- humanity. Um, me standing by and allowing an an innocent person to be killed. It's a sin. So I should have lost um, a willpower point at that point or a, or, or a point in my road score or something like that. But, um, and this wasn't, uh, I didn't do this to uh, try and get, get out of losing the, the, uh, the, um, the uh, score or anything, but I immediately said, well, is that like, is there like a vampire equivalent of a prop, a proper burial? And um, much like in uh, Buffy, uh, vam- vampires, dead vampires turn into uh, dust when they are uh, killed except for in cases when the vampire is really really young like this woman was so uh, long story short Jacques uh, gave her a, pro- a proper burial um, gave, gave her you know, burial rights and all of those uh, things and Nate our DM was um, kind of impressed with that and he, he was like you know what I like that and I'm not going to make you do uh, a roll for your uh, for your will will willpower points there. Um, but yeah, I I am having a hell of a lot of fun with it. Um, at first, I was a little n- nervous. Um, and I was unsure of what I could and couldn't do. I was constantly being like, "Wait, so is it okay if I do this? Um, can I can I do this? Is this appropriate?" Um, and the funny thing is, like, you can literally do whatever the hell you want. You really can. It, it's it's a real-life world that you can in- interact with, and you can do whatever you want, but you just have to remember that, much like the real world, uh, every, everything you do has consequences. So I could go and attack a super crazy, powerful vam- vampire, but that's 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 the end of Jacques right, right there, like, guaranteed, because... There are vampires in this world that are so so powerful that they can incinerate you with, with, with just a look or, or a thought. Um, yeah, but um, if anyone is in, interested, I will try to keep you updated on the adventures of Jacques Delouis. Um, yeah, so moving on. Um, so I wanted to talk... Wait. Hello? Yes? Yes? Oh! Oh, okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gender non-conforming persons, it seems I'm not alone tonight. Um, please welcome Mr. Ian Martin. Ian? 
Um, it, are you okay? Yeah, I don't look so good. Um, do you need me to call someone? Um, Ian? But anyway, um, so I wanted to take some uh, time to read out and re respond to some uh, comments over on uh, YouTube from the last uh, pod podcast. And uh, this first one comes from Alicia or Alicia. And I'm sorry, I know I've said your, your name wrong there, but I don't know which one was wrong or right. Um, she says, uh, that's just the, the apocalypse. The frequency and ease which Jack keeps saying that made me choke on my water. And well, you know, <laughs> it's kind of um, unsettling and hilarious in all the wrong ways how comfortable I feel saying that now. Um, but, you know, the world might not be ending, but in a way that she has felt like an apocalypse. Um, and in some ways, I think there are some similarity um, sim similarities but no, the world will not end and we will all be okay. I hope. <laughs> uh, ne next one comes from Artifact Pottery Ohio, who says, uh, the script takes long because it's art. Beautiful art to be rewatched multiple times and savored. Have a great, great trip. That was in, in response to what Ian was talking about um, last week about... Um, he struggles with how long it takes to write a script and make make a video and stop it. I completely agree with that uh, comment. I, I say say to Ian all, all the time that myself and the vast majority of people in the community would uh, prefer him to take his time and uh, create some something beautiful as opposed to rushing through it and trying to get it done as quick quickly as possible and releasing subpar stuff that he, he isn't pr proud of. So, I mean, he, he, he does struggle with it, but, um, yeah, he does want to try and, uh, streamline the output at some point and, and, and figure it all out. But yeah, like I said, I'd rather him just take, take his time. Um, but uh, next we have a comment from Sonic Rules, uh, a name I recognize from the live streams. Uh, nice to hear from, from you, Sonic. Um, but yeah, um, this is in response to uh, the first fictional character to make you feel seen. Sonic says, um, the titular character from Everybody Hates Chris. I know, kind of funny for a sitcom character to be my choice. But that made me feel seen. A dorky black kid in a majority white school with a tiny friend group. He he got bullied a bit. He had no luck at all with the, the ladies. But he was an earnest kid trying to, to do his uh, best. Um, Sonic, that kind of reminds me of uh, how I relate to Dizzy Harrison from The, the New Guy. Um, I, I related to him for kind of similar reasons, really. But um, yeah, um, thanks, thank, thanks for sharing, and yeah, it's nice to hear from you again. Um, next, we have a comment from one of our reg regulars, uh, the lovely Carly Rich. Uh, Carly says, "Hey nerds, good to see you both again. Ian, have a great trip. Be safe and be sure to let us lonely hearts live vicariously through your relationship, Jack." I can't wait to see what you, you do next week. You'll do great. 
thanks, Carly. I'm doing that right now. So thank you. That means a lot. Um, and she says, oh, and that movie you mentioned, the new guy, question mark, sounds vaguely familiar. Wasn't Eliza, Eliza Dushku, the love interest? Um, is, is it weird that I can't think of uh, a single fictional character that makes me feel seen? I feel like there, there's got to be one, but I got nothing. Maybe because I've never wa watched her feel seen. I'll have to th think about that. Same with, with the concept of, of the perfect scene. I'm sure that there are some, but, but I'm drawing a, a blank right right now. I need your consent on a few items to continue. Okay, cool. That was that was my phone, sorry. Um, sorry, same with, with the concept of the perfect scene. I'm sure that there are some, but I'm drawing a blank right right now. Good food for the thought though. Take, take care, nerds. Um, Carly, yes, um, Eliza Dushku is in that, uh, that, uh, film. I should have mentioned that last week because, of course, we all love Buffy, so why wouldn't I mention that? But yeah, she is in it, and she, she does play the love interest, and she's, she's great. She's great in it. I mean, that film is just, it's silly and fun, but it's got a good moral, um, um, center, shall we say. It, it's all about, uh, being yourself and uh and through that and i guess accepting yourself um and also i i don't think it's weird that you can't think of um a, a fictional character that makes you feel seen because i took a long time um i saw the uh post ian mentioned um of the person in, in the group asking the uh question and i took a good couple hours to think about it and finally uh came up with uh Diz dizzy so no that's not weird and, and all. Um, and lastly, we have a comment from Unshelled Pity, who suggests that we, we watch Charlie Chaplin's speech at the end of The Great uh, Di Dictator for our uh, One Perfect Scene seg segments. Um, I absolutely adore that that scene. I, I love it so freaking much. Um, I don't know if Ian has, has seen it, uh, I assume he probably would have been because it's become pretty uh, famous in, in, in recent years. But yeah, I like it and I'll uh, put it on the uh, list and I'm sure we'll get it. We'll get to it at some point. Um, yeah, as always, thank you to everyone who watches and reaches out to us and uh, leaves com comments. Uh, we really appreciate it and we will always try our best to uh, engage with you, you guys as much as we uh, can. And yeah, as always, uh, feel free to leave us a comment on YouTube or reach out to, to us on uh, to Twitter. We'd love to hear from, from you. So for this next segment, I wanted to get um, a little serious and... Uh, talk about some serious stuff for a little bit. Um, now, before I met Ian and he and I became friends, I had never done anything quite like this before, um, streaming and podcasts and all of those things. Um, I did drama back in high school and I've done some uh, public speaking um, before, but not, but, but nothing like this really. Uh, this, is, this is still very new uh, to me. So when Ian completely out of the blue asked me if I wanted to co-host uh, the podcast with him, well, um, 
I immediately said yes. There was no question about whether or not I, I wanted to do it or not, or whether I would or wouldn't do it. Um, but I immediately felt kind of terrified um, because I knew that doing this was going to force me to confront and try to deal with some in insecurities that I have, um, some stuff I've had for a long time. Um, and if I'm being honest, uh, it's it's been quite tough. Um, um, while we've been do doing this, in the time we've been do doing this, I should, should say, um, Ian has talked me down out of a lot of uh, self-loathing spirals, shall we say. And he's talked me down off a lot of uh, metaphorical led ledges, shall, shall we say. Because um, pretty much every time we finish filming a podcast, I get this sort of anxious feeling and I have uh, pretty much the same thoughts every, every time. There was one time it did, didn't happen. I was super happy with how uh, the, the podcast went. I can't remember which episode that, that was, but that, that's only really happened uh, once. Um, but, but yeah, pretty much every, every time we finish filming a pod, pod, podcast, um, I have these thoughts along the lines of, um, oh, I didn't express myself properly and I hesitated too much here and I started too much there. And I walk away from a lot of po podcasts feeling as though I didn't do um, a good enough job, I guess. Um, or I just wasn't satisfied with my performance or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if performance is the right word, um, because that kind of suggests that I'm putting on a show or something, or I'm trying to be something I, I, I'm not. And that's no, not really the uh, case, but there is... There is, there, there is a certain art to it, you know, like I'm talking to you right now because I'm filming. Um, yeah, now I put this lovely jacket on <laughs> and, you know, I get dressed up and I, I talk. Um, when I'm sitting here, here alone, I'm not ad addressing my webcam and, and, and talk, talking. I'm just sitting here living, <laughs> existing, sh shall we say. Um, but yeah, um... A lot of those feelings obviously stem from insecurities and a lot of those in insecurities are just kind of based around my idiosyncrasies or things that are just kind of out of my con control. Um, and, and a lot of them are just kind of based around just, just, uh, just bullshit I tell myself really. Um, so anyway. Some of you may have noticed, or maybe not, I don't know, that I have a bit of a um, stutter. <laughs> Funny, see? I started on that uh, line, see? <laughs> Funny. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's a real genuine speech in impediment that I've had pretty much ever since I started talk talking. Um, I don't know if there is a genetic component to it. I haven't really researched it, but um, it's interesting though, because I've um, my my grandfather has has a stutter, and so does one of my uh, cousins. So maybe there is. I don't know. I, I haven't looked in, into it. As as I said, I do remember having uh, speech therapy when I, when I was a kid, and the speech that therapist explained it by saying that it's kind of because your brain gets ahead of, of itself. It's like um, you're talking and your brain kind of goes to the next thing you want to say, as opposed to 
focusing on the thing you're currently saying, if that makes sense. And the best way I found to com combat it, and this is something I learned from the speech ther therapist, uh, is to firstly think about what I'm what I'm saying or what I'm going to say, and more importantly, just slow down. Um, which is something I kind of struggle with. I tend to talk fast in in general. Like even with this podcast, I feel like I've I've been talking a little fast, but I haven't. Um, I've been I've, I've been trying not to. <laughs> I've been trying to sort of slow it down a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, um, I tend to just start talk, talking fast, and then when I get muddled and start to uh, stutter, I get nervous, and then I get self self conscious, and then it leads me trying to talk. It, it leads me to trying to to talk even, even faster and. Because I get nervous, and then it—it's just a huge freaking mess. Um, but yeah, it's something I really hate, and I'm very self-conscious about it. I know that in terms of stutters, mine is pretty mild. Um, there are others who have uh, cases where it literally impedes their ability to uh, talk. Um, yeah, pretty much everyone I know tells me that they don't really notice it. Um, most people say they had no idea that I have a stutter and, until I, I, I bring, bring it up. Um, and I do believe that for the most part. Um, so yeah, um, Ian and I will be in the middle of filming a, a podcast or something and I will begin to uh, explain something or talk about something and I'll start to uh, stutter. It's usually because I've over-scripted something and made it too wordy, or I get confused by by my own wording of something. Um, and yeah, I will kind of start to uh, panic a little bit, but the more I panic, the more anxious I get, and the more I tend to uh, stutter. So it's very um, frustrating in that regard, shall we say. Um so that very, very much plays into my feelings of being di disappointed in my performance at the end of a uh, po podcast. I also used to have similar feelings after we did the uh, Patreon uh, hangouts, but I've been able to sort of let that go, kind of, um, mainly because I stopped watching the replays. <laughs> uh, pro tip, if you're hypercritical of yourself like I can, can be, Whatever you do, don't watch it yourself on, on screen or in a video or a stream or whatever. Just just don't do it. It, it, it doesn't lead to anything good, trust me. Um, but yeah, in terms of the stutter, I understand that... I, I, I understand that um, the only thing I can really do to deal with it is to, one, accept that sometimes I will stutter... But also just loosen up and relax and just slow down, as I said. Because for a lot of people, stuttering ha happens when you're just mentally getting ahead of yourself, really. And yeah, so another insecurity that I have is a lot more, um, shall we say, petty? Petty? I'm, I'm not sure if petty is the right word, but I'll, I'll try to explain. Um... So another instant thought that I have that I had when uh, Ian asked me to co-host 
was along the lines of my inner dialogue just kind of being like, but why would you want me to podcast with you? You know, surely, you know, people that are far more intelligent and far more interesting than I am. So why, why would, why would you want me? Um, And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that even though I know deep down it isn't true, there's this part of my, my brain that thinks I'm kind of dumb and just painfully inadequate. And again, I know it's not not true, but my brain doesn't know that. Um, a phrase I often use, which drives a lot of my friends insane, is I will say uh, it's like I'm a mortal trying to walk amongst titans. And what I mean by that is I know a lot of uh, super intelligent and creative people. And I often just have this feeling of like, why do you want to hang out with me? Like, I know I'm nice and I can be funny sometimes, but like, why aren't you like, aren't I boring to you or, you know, something like that. Um... But again, yeah, like my family and my friends, they all tell me that that I'm smart and I'm interesting and all those things. And I can hold my own in in conversations, but like it, it just doesn't, doesn't matter. You know, um, if you're a shitty person, it doesn't matter how many digits of pi you can recite or how much you know about the reign of Emperor Commodus or whatever, it it truly doesn't matter. But this is one insecurity that I kind of, um, pardon the pun, but I feel insecure about. Um, Because it's petty and it's stupid. And if you think about it, it's kind of, I don't know, I kind of feel like it's based on, um, or it's based in ego and a fear of being viewed in a lesser light. I, I can hear that, uh, that, uh, psych ma- major, uh, Holden, I think his name is from, uh, season six of Buffy conversations with dead, dead people. He says, uh, you have a superiority complex and you have an infor an inferior already com- complex about it. And, uh, that, that's kind of how it feels if I'm be- being honest. Um, but yeah, um, at the same time, it's 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 a very uh, human feeling, so I need to not uh, beat myself up about that, I guess. But yeah, uh, before I wrap this seg- section up, though, um, I wanted to re- reply to some uh, tweets. Uh, the other day, I put out a tweet asking you fi- fine folks uh, about your insecurities and how you you deal with them, but. Uh, before I go any further, I just want to say, if you feel the need to uh, reply to any of these people, whether it be here, uh, YouTube, or on uh, Twitter, please be kind and please be re- respectful. These people have graciously graciously shared some of uh, their um, intimate uh, and somewhat uh, vulnerable th- things about th- themselves. They're not YouTubers. They don't put themselves out on the internet. So say whatever the hell you you want to me or or, or about me. That that that's cool. But just please be kind to, to these pe- people, okay? Please. Um, 
The first one here comes from Charji, Char um, a lovely person who I've had many pleasant uh, conversations with. Uh, Charji Char says, I get anxious about not living up to expectations um, of others and of my myself. I do well in my studies and I'm passionate about what I'm, what I'm learning, but then sometimes it feels like too much and then I feel lazy when I'm not putting in as much time and effort as I'm capable of. As to what I do to deal with, with it, not much. I try to distract myself with other things like Buffy or my latest hobby until I either feel, feel better or I'm not forced to concentrate on my studies because de deadlines are whooshing towards and past me. Um, Char Chargy, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a very common one. Excuse me, drink break break again. Um, I know a lot of people who uh, struggle with um, similar fe feelings and I myself, I can relate to, to some of it. Um, I am very hard on, on myself in, in case you guys couldn't already tell. Um, but at the same time, there's always been this part of me that is kind of um, this sort of anti-establishment punk rocker who wants to march to the beat of his own drum and only wants to live up to his own ex ex expectations and no, no one else's. And I still kind of feel that way in a way. Um, my my mo mother and I, my dear mother, um, she and I, we sometimes have a rocky but ultimately good uh, re relationship, but it drives her crazy when I say that as much as I love her and as much as I would like her to, to uh, approve of me and uh, my, my choices in uh, life, I actually don't care all that much if she doesn't approve or not or if she dis disagrees. And she understandably, she, she hate, hates that. And I get it. Um, but again, I just, I, I am my own person and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Um, and I've just kind of always had that as a part of me, I, I, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, no, in saying that for the most part, she doesn't really dis disapprove of me all that much or my, my life cho choices. Like I said, we have a really good, uh, relationship. Um, and like, for, for example, I'm a heavily tattooed person and whilst my mom, uh, she doesn't personally like tat tattoos, she's not a big fan. Um, but she's at the same time, she's never told me not, not to get a tattoo ever. Um, but a big part of that might be because she knows that I won't listen and I would just do whatever I want anyway, but still props to her because she's never told me not to get a get a tat tat tattoo and she has said that she likes my my tat tattoos so that's kind kind of nice um moving on ah oh, but of course uh char chargy thank thank you and it's always nice to uh hear from you um uh the next one comes from robin who says i am insecure about being a burden to people I've been told I was a burden twice. Oh, that's rough. Um, once when I was in a deep de depression and it was wa warranted. I don't know if it's ever warranted. I mean, there's a certain way of, uh, I don't know. You can, 
I'm, I, I'm just the kind of person that I, I would always choose kindness over not being being kind. Or I try, try to anyway. Sorry, let me finish here. Um, it, it, it was warranted. And the second time it was completely, it, it, it was a completely fabricated story the the person made made up, but that didn't hurt and and us, Un understandably of course. Um, so I can never find a balance between independence and de dependence on people, and when 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 it's okay and when it's not. Um, I'm constantly trying to balance the the two, and it's so mentally exhausting. And the second part of the the question, which is uh, how do you deal with it? Uh, Robin says, I suppose I haven't overcome this as it is constantly plaguing me. LOL. But uh, yeah, Rob Robin, I do know what you're uh, talking about. Um, I myself, I've struggled with uh, depression and anxiety in varying de degrees since I was a teenager. And I've had those same uh, fears, fears myself. And I think there was a point in my sort of early to mid teens where I kind of became a burden to, to a friend of mine. Um, but that's a story for, for, for another time. Um, but, um, and, and whilst I, I do agree with you that you need to kind of find a balance between getting some support from those around you and kind of, you know, standing on your own two, two feet to try and sort of um, shrug off those uh, deep demons. Because at the end of the day, ultimately, it's it's um, those of us that are struggling with those demons. It's ultimately up to us to uh, do, do the work to slay those uh, de demons. I'm not saying... Do do it alone or any of those those uh, things, but it 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 takes something from within you to uh, do that. Um, shall shall we say? But um, ultimately, I think that um, as much as you or I might not think it, the people around us do love love us. Um, they do want us to be okay, and they do want to support us when we need it. And most of the time, when we feel like we're we're being a burden, we're really not. Um, but thank 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 you for sharing that. And um, yeah, Robin, just remember that you are loved, and 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 you are not as much of a burden as as you probably think to think you are. I'm sure of it. No one ever is. Um. And this next one, though, uh, comes from a very dear friend of Ian and I, uh, Sarah also known as the the costume nerd she has a youtube channel called the Co the sorry she has a see stutter woo um she has a, a youtube channel called the costume codex uh where she talks about costumes in television and in, in film and she goes in, in, into their 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 importance and uh particularly like the subliminal things that um, costumes could be su suggesting, you know, like themes and, and, and whatnot. Absolutely great, great stuff. And you should totally check, check it out. But uh, Sarah says, I get social anxiety when I don't know pe people or there's too many of them. Uh, there's a reason I'm always made up for, for the hangouts and my videos. The whole putting on my face ritual is my way of quieting my insecurity and anxiety. Um, yeah, obviously I'm not a woman myself. 
Um, but I do have three older sisters and I have a few close friends who are women and they all pretty much say the same thing in regards to makeup. You know, um, some people will say to them and especially men, uh, things along the lines of, oh, you're so pretty. You you don't need need to wear makeup. Why do you do it? You don't need it. Blah, 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 blah. But see, the thing is, it's, it's not about other people, um, or how they look to, to other people. Um, it's about how, uh, wearing makeup make, makes a woman feel, um, and the confidence that it give, gives them. Um, most of the women I know don't wear make, makeup for other pe- people. They, they wear it for, for themselves. Um, but yeah, so I can, I can also relate to what you're saying about, uh, social anxiety though. Um, social anxiety is a weird one for me kind of, um, because I don't get it all the uh, time, but when I do, it hits pretty hard. Um, see, I personally, I prefer to hang out in smaller groups of like four or five people. Um, and like, if I'm at a party with like 20 or 30 people, I can, I can like flip a switch and just let, let loose and party and have fun and be the life of the party and all, and all of that. Um, um, but honestly, nine times out of 10, I'd much rather be sitting in a big garden with a few people and having a cup, couple of drinks and just chatting, you know, um, that end is, of course, unless I'm in, in a concert watching a band or some, something, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a metalhead. And uh, so to me, when I go and uh, see a band in that situation, I don't really so- socialize too much because I'm watching the, the band and I'm he- headbanging and going off and ha- 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 having a good, good time and all of those uh, things. But yes, uh, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for our sharing. And of course, you know, Jackie loves you, my, my, my dear. I love you very, very, very much. Um, this next one comes from another familiar face, uh, Geek Girl. Uh, she's been around in the Passion of the Nerd community for a couple of years now. Uh, but she says, uh, I'm insecure about people using literally anything to put me, me down. It makes me scared to do things. Mostly, I'm insecure to try and do new things because I'm scared if I fail, people are going people are going to bully me about it or get made or I'm going to get made fun of for, for trying or being interested in the thing that I tried to to, to do, uh, re- reinforcing my my doubts about myself. I hope that made uh, sense. Well, geek, geek girl, that's, uh, that definitely does make sense. Um, and a lot of that plays, um, into my own securities about doing the, the, uh, po- podcast actually. So yeah, I very much understand what you're to- talking about. Um, but I'd, I'd really, um, encourage you to try and push through, through that. Um, it's not easy. I, I, I know, but I just, I would hate to think that you could be missing out on something really, really great and, you know, missing out on, on all these really meaningful experiences but because of it. So, um, best of luck and God, Godspeed and just, you know, just keep, keep, keep on pushing back. Just keep on pushing back. And, well, um, 
I think we're having a, this uh, podcast is a little on the shorter side uh, this week. I think it doesn't feel like I, I've, I've been going for that long. But that is about it for me. Um, but for but uh, before we head over to, to Ian from the the past for the fanfic re- reading, um, but you will be hearing from me one more more time uh, uh, afterwards, so I can say uh, goodbye. I'd just like to let you know that I am at lack of surprise one on Twitter. That's all one word with the number one at the the end. And of course, you can follow Ian at Ian Netram on uh, Twitter. And of course, you can, you can also find him over at uh, youtube.com forward slash passion of the nerd. Um, if you'd like to support the uh, channel and keep us flush with... Um, with uh chewing gum and uh chewing gum and uh blood pressure uh medication uh you can do so at patreon patreon.com forward slash passion of the nerd uh with the five dollar and and up club you can you can join us in the google hangouts uh where we discuss episodes of buffy and angel uh, if I'm not mistaken, the next one will be in about two weeks' time. I think we were taking a little time time off uh, from, from them. They're they're a lot lot of fun, but they're um. I think the the last one went went for a hell of a long time. They're they're getting longer and longer and longer. But uh, yeah, um, they're a great time. And if 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 you want, uh, you can head on over to pay Patreon and then join join us if you uh, want to. Um, or you can also support us by grabbing yourself something from passionofthenerd.com forward slash store, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, all of the usual merch stuff you'd expect to uh, find. And also if you are an Amazon Prime member, you may not realize this, but you can support us for free by using your monthly free Amazon Prime Twitch subscription uh, you can uh, do that over at uh, twitch.tv forward slash passion of the nerd. Um, all right, Ian, my dude, take it away. Here is Gone by Terry Boda, chapter 31. Spike and Dawn were sitting in the living room when the clock struck eight. Dawn was painting his nails their usual black. She had noticed that the manicure Harmony had given him weeks ago was in dire need of repair and was yammering about boys. He was pretending to pay attention and nodding and making agreeing noises at appropriate intervals. Then Giles walked in to save him. Rupert, my fellow countryman, please tell me you brought alcohol, he called as Giles entered the house. He saw Giles taking in the tableau before him and watched the man give a visible sigh of relief that he would not be alone with a female teenager. Spineless wanker. Spike, it's so good to see you up and about, Giles greeted, thankfully carrying two six-packs of beer. He plastered a smile on his face. Well, you know, it takes more than a psychotic ex-girlfriend using my chest as a cutting board to keep me down. Well, yes, I had uh, learned from experience that vampires are remarkably resilient. Yeah, we are. Is that Corona? Giles looked at the beer he was carrying. Uh, Yes, it is. Heedless of his wet nails and Dawn's disapproving stare, 
He held out a hand. Pass one over, Roops. Giles came into the room and handed him a bottle obligingly. Ta, he said, opening the bottle with his teeth and taking a swig. Dawn made a disgusted sound and put away the nail polish. I'm going to go do my homework, she groused sullenly and stalked from the room. They watched her go. Have we been reprieved? Giles asked. Spike swallowed his mouth full of beer. Not a chance. I give her an hour tops. We're too good of an opportunity to miss. Good lord, I can't imagine what it must be like to live with a teenaged girl, let alone two other, uh, headstrong women. It's easy. You just gotta remember three things. One, keep your mouth shut and your head down. If they don't notice you, you're in the clear. Two, the answer to any question they ask you is yes. Unless, of course, it's the dreaded, does this outfit make me look fat question. In which case, the answer is a vehement no. Even if she looks like a week-old stuffed sausage in it, the answer is still no. Three, if your girl is an insane bitch who wants to destroy the world, bug her out of there as fast as you can, he explained, counting off on his fingers. Thank you for that useful and helpful advice, Spike. He took another swig of beer. Always glad I can be of service. Giles came and sat next to him, his face serious. I was going through that journal you lent me, the one where you wrote down what you remembered from the other timeline. It would seem that we will learn of Warren very soon. Spike nodded. Yeah, tonight. His sex bot crashes a party over at the university. I was there before, got tossed through a window. Glad I'm not there now. It's good enough if I'm here to learn about it, right? Then I can go contact him and make me one of Buffy. Giles nodded uncomfortably. Yes, that would seem logical. Unless you think we can skip it this time around. Do without the bloody bot. Giles pulled out his beer and opened it. Uh, no, I think it would be best to keep things as they were. As distasteful as the idea is, a robot Buffy to act as a decoy could prove quite valuable. Yeah, he finished his beer and reached for another. How are we going to break it to our girl? Buffy's not going to take it well, and I don't want to bugger things up. She knows I love her. Giles nodded. I know. She asked me and I told her. She took it well, I think, all things considered. Spike agreed. Yeah, and things are going okay. Between us, I mean. Last time it was a complete disaster. So I've read. Really, Spike, did you honestly think chaining her up and offering to kill Drusilla for her would make her believe you loved her? Spike looked away. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Giles just shook his head and took another drink. Speaking of Drusilla, I received word from my contacts in Argentina. Our box arrived safely. They will follow our instructions to leave it in broad daylight and break the lock. She'll have to wait for sundown before she can escape, so they'll be gone by then. Thanks, mate. You didn't have to. Yes, I did. Not even Angel could bring himself to kill Drusilla. She is a tragic but necessary part of your lives. Besides... I owed you a life. You no doubt saved mine when you convinced Angelus to stop torturing me two years ago. And most likely saved me again when you placed yourself between me and Drusilla four days ago. Giles gave him a knowing glance. And yes, I did notice that. I am a watcher, after all. Still, it meant a lot to me. Thank you. Sorry. Still, it meant a lot to me. Thank you. He repeated, then smiled. So is the plan to get 
completely knackered before Bit comes down. It's that bad, is it? Uh, I thought you said it was easy. Okay, I admit it. I lied. It's pure hell, and us vamps are supposed to like that sort of thing. I swear Dante forgot the tenth level of hell in which men are forced to endure the never-ending torments of teenage girls tittering about clothes, makeup, and boys, throwing hormone-driven temper tantrums. Oh dear, a face wor fate worse than death. A fate worse than death, Giles commented dryly. Or undeath. Do you need rescuing? You're offering a spot on your couch. If you still need it. He thought a moment. I could use another day or so of rest, and there's never telling who's going to pop into the crypt. But I'm healed up enough to go back if you want to keep your couch open. I just can't handle any fighting or moving about too quick. Not for another day, at least. Well, we'll see, shall we? Spend the night at my place and go back to your crypt tomorrow, if you're feeling up to it. Thanks, Roops. Can't have you going insane and staking yourself before we defeat Glory, can we? He grinned. I'm not going to stake myself, and I think I'm already certifiable. Really? What makes you think so? I've lasted four days in this house without going berserk. I've started to know the difference between ivory soap and dove, and I'm actually beginning to recognize some of Bit's boy hands. Boy bands, he confessed. Giles eyed him warily. A true sign of an unstable mind. The loud cacophony of one of Dawn's said boy bands began pounding from upstairs as Dawn turned up the volume on her stereo. Both men cast eyes to the ceiling, noticing how the foyer-lit light swayed from the beat. Oh, for the days when teenagers were hors d'oeuvres, Spike bemoaned. Giles sighed and handed him another beer. Puffy came home around midnight to relieve Giles of dawn and vampire duty. Giles' relief was evident on his face, even though Dawn had been sent to bed an hour ago. Dear God, Buffy, there's only so much I can take. We're simply going to have to change the system. A fourteen-year-old is too old to be babysat. It's not fair to her, Giles said. What did she make you do? Buffy asked, knowingly. Well, uh, we listened to some aggressively cheerful music sung by people chosen for their ability to dance. Then she painted Spike's nails and we ate cookie dough and talked about boys. Buffy struggled to hold back a laugh and only partly succeeded. I'm so sorry, but if it makes you feel any better, my fun time Buffy party night involved watching a robot throw some guy who hit her uh, across a table. A ro robot? That's interesting, Giles commented. A robot? Really? Spike added, coming to stand beside Giles. He dressed and was prepared to leave. How do you know it was a robot? Well, if she wasn't a robot, she was a very cheerful, wickedly strong girl able to toss me across a room. Are you hurt? He blurted. Buffy waved her hand dismissively. I'm fine. Just have a bruise. We're going to work on it in the morning. Or if you wanted to hang out a, lo a little longer, we could... Just then, Joyce came through the door, a happy smile on her face. So, who wants to hear everything? She enthused. Listen to Mom talk about boys? Yes, right. Must go. See you tomorrow. Goodbye, Joyce, Giles said hastily, hurrying out. Bye, Rupert, Joyce said, waving one hand. I'm going to go with him. Slayer, Joyce, old Rupert's got some scroll or some such. He thinks might have uh, some info on that glory bint. And it's written in one of the demon languages I know how to read. He lied smoothly. Buffy looked taken aback. Really? 
he didn't say anything about it to me. He just found out tonight before he came over. Promised to look at it for him and uh, see what I could make of it. Spike, are you, are you sure you're all right to leave? Joyce asked worriedly. He gave her one of her, his winning smiles. I'm just going to play over at Rupert's house and have a sleepover. I promise we won't stay up all night reading comic books and loving spitballs at each other. You, Buffy said. Well, if you're sure you're up to it, he gave Joyce a quick peck on the cheek. I am. I'll pop by tomorrow to see you. I'm so glad you had a wonderful time on your date. I do want to hear about it, but if I don't go now, Giles will leave me. Dawn traumatized him that much, Joyce asked Buffy. She made him eat cookie dough and listened to her talk about teenage crushes at school. I think she scarred him for life. He smiled. No doubt. See you tomorrow. Good night, Spike, Joyce said. Night, Spike, Buffy repeated. He walked out and Joyce closed the door behind him. As he walked to Giles's car, he heard Joyce joking with her daughter about leaving her bra in her date's car and laughed when he heard Buffy's cry of mother in response. He paused and looked back at the house, feeling lightweight for the first time since he had been sent back. Joyce was healthy. Buffy knew he loved her and hadn't completely shoved him from her life. Drew hadn't needed to be killed, and Giles was actually giving him a chance to prove himself. Maybe things were finally starting to look up. Good God, that's horrible! Don't do that! He heard Buffy gasp. I left it at the restaurant, was Joyce's reply. He heard the sound of footsteps as Buffy ran up the stairs, yelling, No more! On the dessert cart, Joyce called after her. Spike shook his head and continued on his way to where Giles was waiting. God, I love these summer's women. Well, hey there. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so, wow, I did it. Uh, my first solo uh, podcast. Um, that that was a tough one. It really was. Uh, if you had told me a week ago that I was going to do a solo pop podcast, firstly, I would have called you a liar, and then I would have ran away and hid under my uh, bed for several hours, possibly se several days. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, just to kind of wrap up what I was talking about before, um, the insecurities and all that stuff. Um, you know, in insecurities are tough. Insecurities, uh, see, <laughs> insecurities are tough. Um, and airing them in a public way for everyone to to see is even tougher. And um, especially uh, the second in insecurity I spoke about um, about being fearful of. Uh, being being perceived as dumb and feeling in, inadequate and all of those uh, things. And that's why I came close to just not sharing that. Um, because I was worried about how I would be perceived. Um, I was worried that people would think that I'm like up myself or egotistical. And honestly, I came close to, to just um, scrap, scrapping it. I was very much on the verge of uh, a mini meltdown, shall we say. Um, and so I reached out to one of my uh, best friends, Liv, uh, who pointed out that pretty much everybody feels like, like this at some point in their life. It's a very human thing and there is absolutely no shame in it whatsoever. Um, and she also pointed out how 
everyone, regardless of how small and how inadequate they may feel, everybody has something to con contribute. Everybody has their own brand of smarts and creativity and insightfulness. Um, everybody has something to add of value that is uniquely theirs. Um, and the contribution of one person isn't any more or any less uh, valuable than that of another. Um, so I want to give a very special thanks to Liv for that conversation because I think without it, I would have spiraled hardcore. I mean, I, I was all, already spiraling. And uh, she also gave me a lot of great ideas for this po podcast. And she also provided that amazing, crudely drawn picture of Ian that those of you watching on uh, YouTube saw earlier. So cheers, Liv. Um, and I also had a somewhat similar conversation with uh, our dear friend Lani from Chipperish Media. I, I was really worried about this uh, podcast and what what I was going to do with it. Uh, I had no idea how to drive this whole thing on my own without Ian. Um, I mean, before Ian left, we talk, talked about it a lot and he gave me some wonderful and super help, help, helpful advice. But um, it was like, as soon as he left, the reality of the situation kind of set in and I really didn't know what to uh, do. So Lani um, spent about an hour and a half or so in a video call with me and she was just giving me advice on how to find my uh, voice and how to lean in into my strengths. And more importantly, she helped, helped me to reinforce what my strengths are. Um, it's not as if I had forgotten, but sometimes you just need a reminder, you know? Um, and of course, I want to thank Ian for um, believing in me enough uh, to do this. Ian and I, um, we met at a very dark time in my life, I'll say. Um, I was very lonely, I was very depressed, and I really didn't have a lot going for myself, but... Uh, we became friends and he kind of, um, he kind of took me on under his wing. Um, and a little later on, he invited me to be a part of Passion of the Nerd. Um, and in doing so, he, he not only gave me a reason to get out of bed, but he gave me a reason to want to get out of bed, bed in the morning. Um, but most importantly, Ian, he helped me to find reasons to be proud of myself. Um, and that is the single most, uh, greatest, the, the single greatest gift anyone has ever get given me. Um, I am an extremely lucky person. Um, as if by dumb luck, I have found myself surrounded by some of the greatest and most loving human beings one could ask for. So, in saying all of that, it doesn't matter if you're not the most elegantly spoken. It doesn't matter if you stutter. It doesn't matter if it takes you ages to figure out what you want or what you need to say. It doesn't matter if you finally think of the perfect the perfect thing to say hours later once the beer is warm and everybody has gone home. Anyone can wave their intellectual dick, dick around uh, like it matters, but it doesn't matter at all. It's 
it's all bullshit. Uh, what matters is that you show up every time. What matters is that in spite of your fears and in, in spite of your insecurities, you push on and you move forward and you try to improve and get better and what at whatever it is you want to get better at. And most of all, what matters is, is that you don't let all that fear and all of that, that doubt stop you from doing the things that you love. But in saying all of that, if you made it this, this far, thank you for ha hanging out. And uh, I'll see you next week with, with uh, Ian. Much love, friends.